Hi, and welcome to the Bookish Besties podcast. We're excited you're here with us to talk all things books and reading. We are two friends brought together by our love of reading. I'm Diane and adore my beach life in Charleston, South Carolina with my family and dogs. Reading has been a pleasure my whole life. I read to travel when I cannot leave home, to escape when life gets to be too much, to learn even when I'm not in school anymore, and to make new friends on the pages of stories and by talking to those who share my passion. And I'm Mary, a northerner living in the frozen tundra of Madison, Wisconsin. I've been an avid reader for as long as I can remember and make a point to read every day while still balancing the challenges of work and life. My ideal is to be curled up by the fire with the dog on my lap, a glass of wine on the end table, and a good book in my hands. We would be most grateful if you would rate and review our podcast. It really does help others to find us. Thank you so much, and happy reading. Mary Alice Monroe is the New York Times bestselling author of 23 novels, including On Ocean Boulevard, which is the sixth installment of the Beach House series. More than 7 million copies of her books have been published worldwide, and she's earned numerous accolades and awards, including induction into the South Carolina Academy of Authors Hall of Fame, the Southwest Florida Author of Distinction Award, South Carolina Award for Literacy, the RT Lifetime Achievement Award, the International Book Award for Green Fiction, and the prestigious South Book Prize for Fiction. Her best-selling novel, The Beach House, is also a Hallmark Hall of Fame movie. Monroe is captivated by the beauty and fragility of the wild habitat around her. In particular, the coastal southern landscape became a strong and important focus of her many novels. Monroe immerses herself in both academic research and hands-on volunteering to learn about a species or a conservation issue. Then she uses that knowledge and experience working with animals and the wildlife experts to craft captivating stories that identify important parallels between nature and human nature. Bottlenose dolphins, monarch butterflies, shorebirds, and loggerhead sea turtles are among the wild species she has worked with and woven into her novels. Welcome, Mary Alice Monroe. We are privileged and honored to have you. Quite an introduction, thank you. <laughs> Did you know you were so wonderful? <laughs> I'm grateful. What can you say? But I'm humbled and grateful. I, if, I, if no one but five people read my books, I'd still write them. Well, they're lovely stories and, and way more than five people have written have read them. <laughs> we, are, we are in the millions and we are grateful. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your latest installment about I am, on Ocean Boulevard? You know, honestly, this whole situation has um, made me aware that what Joseph Campbell said was true. Artists are the shamans of today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have known in previous books that um, it's intuition that helps me to choose the topic. I don't have a story idea. It's just intuition. I should write about this species now. And over the years, I look back and I, in hindsight, can see that when I published The Butterfly's Daughter, it was the year that the monarch butterfly population crashed, and that book was there. When I published Last Light Over Carolina, it was the year of the oil spill, and it was the book about the shrimpers. And I have on Ocean Boulevard coming now. And in the story, it's about a young child who contracts measles. Hmm. 
and how the whole family is all their plans are changed the um there are kids coming home who haven't been laid off from a job <laughs> and weddings canceled exactly right and all these things happening and i realize um that it's prescient you know it's it's what's going on and i i just am glad that this book is out now for three reasons one because the timeliness of that there's an illness and that we have to be aware but more importantly it made me i never write a beach house series unless i have something i want to say that book's been i've been writing this series since 2000 the first one was published in 2002 and i always go back when i have either the sea turtle hospital shorebirds dolphins something brings me back so i go back to this series and this family and i've developed a following of people who really love this series they really care about the people and i'm so glad that i have now that um excuse me you hear the dogs in the background that's my life that's, that's no okay at all um i it forced me to write this book set against plastics which we can talk later but right now i think it's timely because i'm bringing people to the beach yeah. people who are in confinement people who are in isolation in new york city or chicago or columbia they're going to the beach even though you can't go on the beach now because it's all closed off on may 19th you can go to the beach so i think and also people are finding comfort those who have read the book already are saying thank you for writing another beach house series i think the series is somehow comforting for people who are looking for old friends yes right now so um excuse me <laughs> can't leave without his toy <laughs> <laughs> we have the animals all around so for some reason they're all excited that i'm talking yes. <laughs> it's like a child you know who are you talking to you can't talk to anybody right. Right. quiet until you get that's out of animals <laughs> animals are children exactly exactly well the the ocean boulevard returns us to the wonderful rutledge family yes. and and kara who i so love um it's a it's a story about these this family and their interaction with nature right they are they don't right. live in isolation of it they live on the beach but um you and i both know people who live on the beach who don't enjoy all the wonders that it affords us but this right. family really does they really they do and and in this particular series i really wanted um and i had been looking for a way for years to bring up the topic of plastics in the ocean mm -hmm. that to me is probably the biggest scourge we're facing the oceans right now and yet how do you write a story i write about species and animals touchy feely people can care how do you get people to care about plastic so I finally came up with the idea when I was talking to Kelly Thorvalson, who runs the conservation program at South Carolina Aquarium. And she used to be the director of the Sea Turtle Hospital. That's how I knew her. We were together when the hospital was founded, back with duct tape and cardboard boxes and any tank available. <laughs> and now we have this gorgeous, gorgeous whole uh, exhibit. Anyway, um, Kelly now has created um, these these bags a kit for beach sweeps park, park sweeps whatever mm -hmm. and they're mesh bags 
that people in a community can use to gather plastic. Now, as a community, she's interested in it because she wants to find out what kind of plastic is where so she can find solutions. For me, in this book, Linnea is the young woman who returns home without a job. She was laid off, you know, startup in California closed down. So where do you go but home? So she's a little tail between the legs when she arrives, dumped by her boyfriend. She had left in a spirit of independence and now she's back. And she eventually gets to be an intern at the aquarium. So I'm able to bring in how one person uses a plastic bag on her own as an individual to pick up trash. And she starts the Beach Sweep program for the aquarium in the book. But what I wanted to show was that each of us, one individual, can make a difference. That when someone sees her doing it and starts doing it, another person sees her doing it and starts doing it. And it's a ripple effect where individuals answer that question, what can I do when they're faced with a big issue of plastics in the ocean? There's a lot you can do. And I show that in the book. And I show it through people living their everyday life, just doing what they can. And that's the difference. I'm not telling people what to do. I'm not uh, writing nonfiction. These are lives, people we care about, going about their day to day. And we get inspired because we are in their head. We are in their hearts as characters. So I think that's the power of story it, to make us care. And I think you know, just one of the things that I've noticed about your characters, and even when you were talking about the plastics, how that was one thing I noticed, you know, that whole ripple effect of how, you know, one person does it and how it affects the next person and the next person. I really, I really appreciated that. Cause I think that in the world today, a lot of people say, there's nothing I can do about it. So right, why do anything? Big. Yeah, it's too big. It's, I can't solve this problem, but that's not true. And I really, I really enjoyed how you, Thank you. Wove that into the, your story. And, well, and that was, was conservation. Go ahead. Well, that's the thing. That's how I could, I mean, how else could I show plastics? I can't show the ocean clogged up with plastic or how it's getting into all the marine animals. I could show how one person could pick it up, mm-hmm. how one person would not use a straw. And um, I think if we could, I started a group actually called Light One Candle. And it's on my Facebook author page. So and I want everyone to join. It's not political. It's a group of people who just want to answer that question. What can I do? Mm-hmm. And I want the, I want to know what everyone else is doing. You know, what kind of straw are you using? And if you're interested in my books, I will bring up and I, I hope my readers trust that it's vetted and I know what I'm talking about. It's not uh, Facebook lies. It's true, honest, vetted material. What's going on with the species that I'm working on? I'm going to share the stuff that I know. And people can tell me their things. And I'll look at all the articles people share to make sure they're accurate. And if they won't, if they are not out of malice, but if someone just shares something that they put up that is not true, I'll take it down. Because I want people to feel this is our page. We all can trust each other. And we can all light one candle. I think that's very empowering. And don't we need that sense of power today. And I feel that every book that I write is lighting one candle. Right. I really do. Mm-hmm. It was funny, just this morning, one of my girls had a um, situation she was asking. She's like, mom, do you think you have a book that fits you know, this problem? 
And I said, oh, I'm sure I do. Um, <laughs> she's like, but mama, could it be fiction? I don't want ah. I think that we all sometimes learn better from the story, right? It, it, there's a lot of information that comes at us. Um, yes. And, and right now, honestly, some of us are trying to step back from some of that information. It's too much. It's but too a much. Story, but a story tells it. That's the power. Exactly. And especially, I think that's why the series is so important now. People trust the characters. They know them. And so when they are dealing with issues that their family's dealing with, they can identify more clearly and they trust these characters. I think people trust my voice too. After 20 years of reading this story, they trust that what I'm going to say. And this family, I mean, I look at this book and one of my favorite parts is Kara who you mentioned. Mm -hmm. When I started this series 20 years ago, I identified more with Lovey, the mother. And now Kara was 40, now she's hitting 60. Mm -hmm. I identify more with Kara. So Kara has gone through a lot in the last mm -hmm. six books. Births, deaths, you know, successes, failures. And this time she's getting married. We, the last three books, there was Beach House for Rent, which sort of was in the series, I look at it as phase two. The first couple books was Kara Young. From Beach House for Rent, Beach House Reunion and onward, she's older in her 50s. And the, her situation is different and we see the young starting to grow up. And in this book, she's getting married for the second time. We watched her develop a relationship with David. And I think it's the wedding everyone's been waiting for. Like, and I finally, they're gonna get together and then catastrophe hits because of the measles. And everything's canceled and everything's out the cart upset, but they get through it. And I, my daughter's wedding, which was in June, is canceled. I know, is Greta mad at you that you wrote this into the novels? <laughs> oh my gosh, Greta's so convinced I'm ruining her life. Because when I wrote the some the Low Country series, yeah. she's actually on the cover. That's my daughter on the cover of the mm -hmm. Summer's End. She said, Mama, everyone thinks I'm the character. And I said, No, 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 they won't think that. Because my daughter is a world-class kite server. Yeah. I used she taught me what to say, but it wasn't her life. But now everyone's convinced my daughter's an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> She's not. <laughs> so now she said, Mom, now the wedding's canceled, just like so. I didn't know. <laughs> so well, I think life okay. imitating art, not art imitating life. Exactly, exactly. Couldn't help but notice, like when you were talking about, you know, the, the measles and, and that event was a very big, you know, plot uh, point in the story. But one of the things I, I also noticed is how people when they face adversity, how they, they react in very human ways. Um, there's a financial crisis and there's a, a woman who is starting a new career and the insecurities that she has. Um, and then mm -hmm. Linnea coming home um, after she gave it her best shot and failed. Um, yeah. And it not failed, but you know, just didn't work out. Um, it's so relatable. Um, and also, um, you have you have Flo with her Alzheimer's, yeah, continuing and how responsibilities there, and the, with the bankruptcy 
You have the family, the well-to-do Charleston family moving to the island, um, putting a false face on everything to everything's fine, everything's fine, but underneath the shame and the um, the worry and his the slipping back into alcoholism, which is a family genetic trait. I mean, this is happening. There's no. Sh that's the point. No shame, no blame. It's happening every These day. These are families. You know, Pat Conroy always said, every family has a story. You just, every, they're lying if they're not telling you there's something going on. <laughs> and he listens, he says, when I hear it, I use it. And it's true. Every family has some dysfunction. Oh, yes. Some more than others. Sometimes the most beautiful families on the outside have the deepest, darkest secrets behind those closed doors. So I feel it's important that we bring out relevant issues of families, but always respond with perseverance, with, with what, we sh what we can bring that will elevate us to the next level. Um, endurance, faith, loyalty, continuity, traditions. This is when we hold on to traditions, um, support for one another. I think now more than ever, the Medal of America is being tested. The families are being mm -hmm. tested. And I'm seeing some really beautiful family events come through. I'm seeing humor everywhere. We're all laughing every day by the humor that's coming out. I I'm laughing hysterically. I just think this is a really interesting test, much in the way of 9-11 was. And we never needed it more than we needed it right. I'm hoping this breaks down polarity in America and remind us that we're all in this together. Yeah, for sure. You know, well said. You write about a lot of strong women and, um, and, and you know, Lovey, who I still miss. Lovey's Lovey, yeah. A lot of women are now Loveys. They're grandmothers and that's their grandmother name. Oh, I'm so honored they took Lovey. <laughs> I would have taken it, but I felt like I knew her too well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Mambo. <laughs> That's great too. I, I in this novel, I um, she was she was a quiet strength who came into her own, right? But I loved Linnea's mama, Julia. Wasn't she Julia shining mm -hmm. through? I, she was I, never a real character in the early books. No, I I loved her emergence in this one and. This new book is not out till the 19th of May, so I don't want to spoil the story, but um, but watch out for the light that Julia shines because she Thank does, you. She I'm giving her more of a voice as the woman who's finding her own when her husband starts to fail. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She stands up on her own two feet. Yeah, and I love and, Yeah, it's real. And, and as her adult daughter returns home, right, their, their, their relationship can take on a different yes. Um, as, as, you know, it's easy to kind of, as, as a daughter, you have this relationship and respect for your daddy and, and you know, but, but um, it's sweet how, how the mother-daughter relationship between those two. Grows. Well, in the last book, Beach House Reunion, there was this huge confrontation. <laughs> and that's when Julia first stepped forward. Mm -hmm. So I had to build on that. And like I said, these people are real to me. And I reread all the previous books before I begin the next one. 
because I don't want to, I have to, because in the meantime, I may have written another book, but they have to, it has to be fresh in my mind because I, this book on Ocean Boulevard, I looked at Kara's journey and I made her come full circle. At the end of the book, and you know where I'm going, she came full circle from lovey to her. And in the last book, in Beach House Reunion, it took five books for Palmer. He comes full circle from his position in the Beach House, his up and down relationship. He went way down. I threw the book at him in Beach House Reunion. <laughs> and he rallied with the family support and finally came through. So I had to show him, not like a shining, he had to, he's still shaky. He's still who he is. He still wants to, you know, put his hand in the cookie jar, but he's, he does rally bit by bit by bit. And I like to show that you're not going to have an overnight healing, but if you, but a continuation, you know, alcoholism is a continued struggle. So um, I try to make these people absolutely, my husband's a psychiatrist. <laughs> Your dog is barking. So my husband, my husband discusses this with me to make sure that I'm I'm accurate and also realistic. You know, they just don't suddenly have happy endings and everyone's well for the rest of their lives. Right. That, in fact, alcoholism is a continuing struggle, and mm -hmm. um, relationships fail, and. Um, a lot of, you know, some of my characters have, for example, post-traumatic stress disorder. And I hate to say that, but the, re the reader can see what that manifests as throughout their behavior. So that's, um, I work just as hard on the reality of the characters as I do with the environment. Mm -hmm. And it shows. I think it, I think it definitely shows. Um, so... You said earlier, you know, that these characters are people's friends. And that's one way that I see them too. Actually, it was Diane oh. who introduced me to your books. Thank you, Diane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, and that was like, that was the one thing that I really noticed when I, when I was reading this last one, that it was just like, you know, coming home and, and seeing oh. your own family and friends. So for whoever is listening, it is definitely worth, worth your time to, to sit down and, and read it. So. You know, it's interesting, the, um, the new project I'm starting is a book club for the Beach House series. Okay, and tell us about I, that. I, yeah, I'm excited. And I, I know that the first Beach House book, I think is for sale like for $1.99 or $2.99. So mm -hmm. I, was, I should post that to get it started. So anyone yeah. who hasn't read it or hasn't read it in 20 years, yeah. um, they can get it. And then for cheap, I like them getting a good deal. Mm -hmm. And the reader's guide is on my website, maryallismonroe.com. So I'll start with the beach house. And I'm going to take my time, maybe give people a month to read, and then do a beach. I'll, I'll announce it to you when we're going to, I have to figure out the format. But when I can invite people to a discussion. And maybe get and I'm trying to get Andy McDowell to join the discussion because she played. Oh yeah, love you. So she'd mm -hmm. be a lot of fun. And there's some movie interest continuing, but until I don't like to announce it until it's firm because 
um, everything is loosey-goosey. You get option. Everyone's so excited. I got an option. Yeah, yeah, well, wait. <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> you just never know. You just say, thank you for the free money. And <laughs> they walk. It's like ether. They all disappear. But I'm very grateful. <laughs> so the first book would be The Beach House. And it's going to lead up through On Ocean Boulevard. And hopefully by the time we're done, we'll be ready for the next generation. Because I'm kicking off the new series. I mean, all Carol will always be there, but this young Cooper, who's in England right now, and Linnea and Little Lovey, Little Lovey. Oh, I didn't tell you, Little Lovey is one of the characters in my first middle grade book. I wrote okay. a middle grade series, and the first one is coming out in 2021 called The Island, and it takes place on Deweese Island. Are you familiar with Deweese? So those, where, where we were on Isle of Palms, it, it's like it was behind us. It's this yes. island. So yes. Mary Alice, Mary came to visit me in Charleston a couple of years ago, and that's when I handed her her first Mary Alice book. But we went and we walked Isle of Palms. So she. Oh. So I know where it is, but I I wouldn't be able to point it on a map or anything well, like that. You can't get to it. it you, it's no one's yeah. allowed but residents, okay. and it's small, and you can only get to it by ferry. There are oh. no cars on the island, no stores, oh. but it's a bird life sanctuary and everything is for the island, for the wildlife, but the houses are hidden in the trees Okay, and it's a beautiful island, very few people. So I put three children on the island who would not ordinarily be friends. So you have little lovey is the know-it-all girl. She's 10 years old now. She rides a boat. She comes to Deweese to stay with her um, aunt. So she's like the naturalist who knows it all. She's like the Hermione, right? <laughs> and then we have an African-American boy from Atlanta, wealthy family, no other blacks on the island. And he's really smart and educated and he's a boy scout, but he really doesn't know what wild is. And then boy. you have, yes, he's a city boy. And then you have an army brat whose grandmother's the turtle lady on the island, whose father was injured in Afghanistan. So he's put, he's forced to go for the worst summer ever. No internet, no friends, no TV with his grandmother. Are you kidding? He's going to hell. <laughs> worst summer ever. And so he gets to the island and these three unlikely friends, they would not have been friends in Mount Pleasant. Right. But on Deweese Island, they're the only kids their age, and nature is what brings them together. So it's called The Island, and it comes out in 2021. Very excited about it. We are very excited about reading that one, too. That will be great. But that's the age, the 10-year-olds, when they believe they can still change the world. Sure. Mm -hmm. I wanted to write to that audience. I've been wanting to do it for a long time. And so Little Lovey is... 10 in this book, but now in the next generation, she'll be growing up in the Beach House series because she's Toy's daughter. So from the very beginning, little Lovey was the baby born right. in the Beach House. So now she's all, she's aging. She'll be 13 in this next generation. Will we see Hope too? So it's fun. And, and will Hope be there? Oh my goodness. Butterfly called Hope. <laughs> that's 
breathtaking. I have to figure that out. She would be about the same age. She could be the friend of little lovey. Thank you. She's going in the book and you did it. <laughs> it happened here. Everyone. It's you know really great for know. everyone. Yes. Right. And for everyone who reads um, the low country series, which takes place on Sullivan's Island, which I love that series, the dolphin. Um, there are four or five books in that series, but those characters are in this, in this series. You see Carson and, and Toy, they all know each other because it's true on Sullivan's Island and Isle of Palms, those of us who surf or those of us who are in the natural environmental protection. Turtle Watch. Yep. Turtle Watch or the aquarium. We know each other yep. Yep. We, and we see each other. And so um, a lot of new characters, but some old ones too. That's wonderful. I do want to say for, for listeners who maybe haven't read all of your books, you do an amazing job of bringing everyone together and weaving these stories, but they also stand alone. So you can mm -hmm. yes, thank you. your book, you can come to on Ocean Boulevard and not be lost at all. If that's your first Mary Alice Monroe, you will be fine. I suggest you go back and read them all, but you will be fine. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, my job as a novelist is to present that beginning as a standalone novel. Yeah. So this is just a young woman coming home and it, you can start right there. And if you like it, you can go back and read the others, but you will not be lost for having just started with this book. Thank you for pointing that out. That's, I feel that if you're, not a, you're not doing your job as an author if you don't provide the, author, the reader an independent novel unto, unto itself without a, all the other accoutrements of the book. Mm -hmm. So this book stands alone, but I do hope that if you love it, you'll go back and enjoy the others. Or start now. If you're listening to it now, you have time. <laughs> and who doesn't want to be on the yes. beach? Just, just yesterday, our, our governor closed our beaches and, and waterways to people who don't live on them. So, um, No, now just today on South Carolina, on, on Isle of Palms, residents can't go to the beach. Even, oh, okay. Do you know if he closed the waterways? Yes. Okay, so we can't go out on our boats either, even if we have well, a people were coming to the island on boats and partying and that punished everybody. I know. You so know they had no choice. We were talking my kids and I and um one of my older daughters said it's kind of like kindergarten when one <laughs> kid is being a stinker and so you can't go out for recess and you can't go out for recess and that one and I said, Yeah, it's kinda of like You that. know, but that's exactly. exactly what I'm writing about is that the frustrations individuals feel because we're a collective society. And um, those frustrations do live in us. And I feel like you had to stand back and think, why did they do that? Because they need to protect the, the general good. Right. So I think if we all just take a breath and say, all right, I'll do my part. I'll self-isolate, I'll do my part. Exactly. You know, um, then we'll get through this. If we can mm -hmm. flatten that curve, we'll all be better sooner. So yeah. Exactly. Yes. Mary, do you have any other questions for Ms. Mary? I do not, but I know you have a few. Yes. So Mary, as we, we kind of end with this little rapid fire section. Oh, I love rapid fire. I feel like I'm on a TV show. Okay. okay. So I, I get to um, pretend like I'm James Lipton and you are in All right. Oh my gosh. I'm not going to be God rest his soul, right? Right. So elevate. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What is your favorite word? Serendipity. That's mine. <laughs> That's a good one. That's great. 
Who is your favorite fictional hero or heroine? Atticus from um, To Kill a Mockingbird is my favorite hero. And Murasaki Shikibu from The Tale of Genji is my favorite heroine. Ah, lovely. The first novel ever written was a Japanese novel. What are you reading now? Um, two books. Um, the Book of Lost Names by Lisa Wingate. And I, I got an early copy. And um, Secret Life, no, The Language of Trees. Oh, lovely. And I'm surrounded by trees. And I, I am, I'm a tree hugger. Yeah. And I actually do talk to trees. So Language of Trees. Lovely. Are you a completist or a DNFer? So do you finish a book at all costs or do you say it's okay to put it on my shelf and did not finish this one? At all costs. I go, I, I was so sick when I had vertigo, when I finished this last book on Ocean Boulevard, I had vertigo. I, I had a deadline. I finished it with a neck brace so I wouldn't move my head and get sick. I, I will finish that book. Yeah, wonderful. What is the best money you've ever spent as a writer for your writing life? Computer. Yeah. <laughs> Computer. <laughs> My brain works too fast. And the old, I used to do type, I, okay, honest story. I used to work on a Selectric and I was so poor that I had on a card table in my bedroom so the kids couldn't come in. <laughs> and every time that register went back, the whole table shook. <laughs> and I used to cut and paste like with tape cutting and tape. Mm -hmm. I wish I saved those manuscripts. Oh, you so gorgeous. Yeah. All taped and drawn out. You had to really want to write a book. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now it's so easy, but my brain works so fast. I just, it's, it's computer. Yeah. yeah. That was a big buy. Yeah. Yes. Save up. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Well, Mary Alice, thank you so much for your time. You are always most gracious. And we thank you. Your time. I enjoyed thank it. You, and you we took me out of isolation today. I'm <laughs> an expert, and you've got your book ready. <laughs> I had a blast. It was fun to talk to my girlfriends. <laughs> thank you so much, dear well, lady. Thank you. Thank you. I hope to see you again soon. Have a great isolation. <laughs> Stay healthy. This has been another episode of the Bookish Besties podcast. Bookish Besties is a production of Tidal Wave Books, LLC, and is hosted by Diane Barnett and Mary Meist, produced by Lily Barnett. Find us on Instagram at Bookish Besties Podcast. Thank you for joining us in talking about all things bookish. We will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>